All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted One-on-One. And uh, I think tonight is probably going to be one of the more informative um, guests that I've ever had on the show. So uh, let me go ahead and let him introduce himself, and we will go from there. All right. Well, my name is Scott Zirkel. I'm the owner of uh, College Funding Solutions of Ohio. Uh, We specialize in helping families get into and pay for the colleges that best fit their personal circumstances without disrupting their other important financial goals like retirement, mostly. And um, we've been in the business now of doing this for, shoot, it will be our 15th year next year. So um, really excited about that. We've helped thousands of families in central Ohio and um, uh, the business keeps growing and it keeps not in a bad way, but taking away from my uh, other financial planning business that I own as well, because I'm dedicating so much time and having such a great impact on people's lives in this important area. And there seems to be a real uh, void of um, understanding as there should be from most people in the financial community about how to handle this process and how to uniquely treat it a little differently than the typical paradigm that we do other things in. And and uh, so it's my great pleasure to be talking to you tonight, Aaron. I'm, I'm glad we've got, I've gotten to know your family over the last few years. And uh, unscripted is always difficult for me because I like to plan, as you know, yes, <laughs> firsthand. Yes, so sir. to just be going off the cuff is a little tough for me, but I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, and we're, we're thrilled to have you on. I, um, I was going to kind of tell everybody, and you, you'll remember this, I'm sure. Um, so Austin is now 20 and a sophomore in college. Um, and so I want to say when, well, actually when Heather and I began dating, I think that the, the question came up, how are we going to pay for college when we have kids? And I'm like, we don't have kids yet. And then it was, you know, now we got this little one, you know, Austin arrives and we have this little one. It was like, how are we going to pay for college? And we were always on separate, separate sides of that coin whenever the conversation came up. So it quickly went away because I, you know, we, we were not on the same page. Uh, Austin continued to grow up. The question would come up. I'd always defer, defer, defer. Oh, it'll be online by then. Oh, you know, whatever, whatever. And Heather was always out ahead of me in terms of planning as she always is, which is why she does our bills. But um, she, uh, you know, she kept the conversation going. And then lo and behold, Austin was in high school. And I think you, you came to, was it Hilliard Davidson maybe, or, or the Hilliard schools? Is that, is that right? Somewhere. It, it, it could have been, I've been to all three of the Hilliard high schools. So yeah. Um, We've done more at Darby than the other two, just because it's central. So we can pull from everybody through the district a little easier at that location. But yeah, yeah one of them for sure. Well, she came home guns ablazing that night and was ready <laughs> to uh, get an appointment on the schedule. And again, I was like, you know, I, whatever, I'll go. And, and so we went in uh, a lot of long sessions in your office to start, um, but really to hash out where we were. And, and quite frankly, you know, to be honest, credit to Heather. Um, no credit for me because we were way behind the eight ball. And so um, I, I, that's why I say tonight, I think will be very educational for folks um, because maybe somebody's hearing this and they're where, where I was at that point, like, well, we'll just figure it out. And thankful for everything that you provided for us. We, we were able to figure it out, but it wasn't because of my planning. It was because you were able to really guide us um, to something we probably should have done a long time ago. And so um, why don't you tell the story of how you got started with, you know, with what you're doing, uh, maybe the passion that you have for it and those kind of things. And then I've got three questions after. So okay. <laughs> I'll let you take it All from right. there. <laughs> so I'm nervous about the unscripted part, but uh, I'll do my best. So 
Yeah, I mean, the long and short of it is I actually have a background in, in the law. Uh, I went to law school and was, was a practicing attorney for a couple of years before I decided that that's not what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I'd spent a great deal of my uh, educational life preparing for an outcome that I thought was coming and then got to come to the realization that I spent all of this time and all of this money um, to go in one direction and decide that you have God really kind of pushing you in a different direction is a tough thing to come to. So it took me a couple of years to figure out what I wanted to do. But um, in that period of time, ironically, I suffered from some of my own financial difficulties because of not knowing what to do and the debt that I found myself in from paying for college and graduate school. And so um, I was naturally drawn to the financial area because I was trying to find my way out of my <laughs> circumstances. And in so doing, I became a financial advisor, opened, uh, worked for um, a couple other companies for uh, a while and then decided to hang a shingle and go out for my own. And a, and a couple years into that, where I was mostly doing the typical investments and retirement planning, I, I really just still felt this, this urge that there was something that I needed to do to make me different than all the rest of us that are out there. I mean, any of you driving down the street can tell you look on either side of the street about every block, you'll see a financial office somewhere. Yeah. So, and, and I came across a couple of guys that, um, became so somewhat mentors to me in this business that were really focusing on college and were really hammering home the importance of how we as a society have been ignoring this and how it is one of the single largest expenses any family is ever going to come across, especially if they have more than one child. And we're, all we're focusing on as a financial industry seems to be just in, it become less about financial planning and more about investment management. And, yeah. and investment management is great. I like to do that too. Don't get me right. wrong. But what it was doing is it was people we were finding as a society in the United States. And it is a, this is a, it is an interesting, you know, unique phenomena to America is that we were borrowing our way through to getting our kids education. Yeah. Nowhere else in the world does that. Yeah. And, um, and, and it hit home to me because I had been carrying all this debt before I got into my profession. And I, so I could personally identify with what my family had gone through. I was actually the first person from my immediate family to ever go to college. Neither one of my parents had college degrees. And um, I watched the sacrifices and the debt they and I went into to get that taken care of. And then not to even end up in something that was my ultimate field, you know, it, it hit home with me. Yeah. So I decided, hey, I want to start doing this. So I dip like most people do in most things. I dip my toe in the water a little bit and I realized, hey, if I'm going to really do this, I'm going to have to commit to making this a focal point of my practice. Yeah. And so I literally went down to the secretary of state, looked up what names were available. And I opened a <laughs> second business in, in my same office, you know, and just hung a second shingle, essentially, on the other side of the door. And started focusing on it. And now it's 85% of my business probably comes directly from doing the college work. And it's just kind of naturally fed into a natural passion of mine. As I come across more and more and more people, I realize that no matter how much we get our message out there, it's not out there enough. Yeah. And so um, I, I sort of jokingly say that most of my competition in central Ohio that do some of the things that we do, I, I don't even get offended at when somebody 
chooses to work with another company because there's literally not enough of us to go around for the need that there is in the public. So wow. that's sort of how I got into the business. And, and since I hung that second shingle, I, di I did it for a few years before I, I actually hung the second shingle. I just operated under one business mask, but then decided it needed to be two separate business entities for both tax and for liability reasons. And um, it's been now 12 years. Wow. 12 years now since we held the second shingle and in the every year the business two keeps pulling me more and more away from business one which yeah. which is a good problem to have because it's feeding my passion and i love the fact that we're having such a dramatic impact on families like yours and that mm -hmm. it, it's also very fulfilling i gotta yeah. tell you you know like when i get folks like you who tell who are pleased with what we've done mm -hmm. for them and are willing to bring me on their blog <laughs> and, you know, and, yeah. and let me talk about my business. I mean, it's, it's so personally fulfilling because very, very rarely do I ever get somebody say, wow, you, you didn't help me save anything. It just right. doesn't happen. So yeah. I have a lot of satisfied customers, which also leads to a, a much happier satisfaction with your job as well. So, well, and in the days and times that we're in this, it's so rare that you find somebody that really loves what they do. You know, a lot of us are just doing it for a paycheck, you know, to, to pay for our kids' college and things like that. So to do something so satisfying is, is has got to be great. And I'll, I'll tell everybody, and again, I, I do have you on as a testimony of myself, my family, and where we're headed, you know, and, and anybody listening probably already knows, but we've got one in, uh, one coming in next year, and then it's another, a third two years behind her. So um, navigating that is is a bit daunting. And when you blink, it, it's here. And so um, I, I always tell you too, one of the things that you did for us right away was spent a lot of time on a whiteboard. And you actually sent us images of the whiteboard when you were done, but really broke down, okay, here's where you are. And look, I, I'll say this again, unscripted, any guy driving on the road knows this, um, you know, maybe, and maybe, maybe most are like me where there's some pride involved, you know, it's like, Hey, these are my finances. I've worked hard. I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've tried to provide for my family. So to sit down and have all that up on a whiteboard, it feels a little, you know, I think there was probably days where I was a little edgy because it was like, you know, Hey man, I'm doing everything I can. And, and, and you feel almost inadequate because the, the future is so big. It, it feels like, I don't know how we're going to get there. And that's, I say all that to say that you really did a great job with the whiteboard sessions, with the listening, with the combing through our finances and saying, okay, here's, here's where we're at. You know, we're going to need this. We're going to need that. And it included all the way up to even our retirement. So it's not like when Bryn crosses that stage, hopefully one day and however many years that is with her degree, we're left with nothing, but we paid for our kids, you know? Um, I think we've got a plan in place for that. So those are all testimonies on my part about what you do, um, including you've even lumped in. Um, we left a space in there for HVAC, which went out over the summer. Um, and anyone listening today, this is true story. Um, we actually we had scheduled this last Monday, but I had had a little issue, so I wasn't able to make it happen. Um, and then, uh, so we decided to do it today. And yesterday, our refrigerator went out. <laughs> so, um, you know, actually, you know, Shots got a quick email this morning to say, hey, refrigerator's out. But again, we planned for this. Um, we didn't want to, but we knew it was coming. And, and Scott did a really, really good job of helping us anticipate these costs as we went along, um, even though we maybe didn't want those. Um, here we are. So, all right. So three questions. The first one is, I'm driving down the road listening to this podcast. And again, I don't know 
if it's one or a million, who knows how many people listen. I'm driving down the road. I just had a baby. Where do I start? When's the best time for me to start planning for the future? Or actually, so I'll, I'll give you the three. My kids, a uh, junior in high school, or my kids in middle school, elementary school, or I just had a child. Do you want to start with the oldest or do you want to start with the youngest and then talk about where we should be with all three of those? Sure. Unfortunately, I'm going to give a very politically correct answer, but it's the right answer. It's not just dance doing a uh, you know presidential election year dance around the question. The right. answer is you start now. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. Now, how you start, you know, and what vehicles you use depends on the individual person. In fact, if I don't know if this, you know, you're going to reach the blogosphere to the extent where uh, my my attorneys and my counsel are going to be watching this someday, but they're, I'm sure if they are right now, they're going like, you know, be careful what you say here. But the true answer is what you start and what vehicles you're going to use to um, do whatever stage in life you're at is going to have to marry up both the cash flow that you have, the period of time that you have until your kids would eventually be going off to college. So basically their ages and of course, the risk tolerance that that you have for different types of investments. Obviously, you can take on a little risk the longer period of time you have, as long as you have the requisite requisite risk tolerance to be able to do those things. But there's no one answer. And one of the things, and, I, and we probably even talked about this at one point in our sessions, that there's no one magic pill that everybody should do. It's largely based on your family circumstances. Um, you know, so a lot of times when I tell everybody wants to jump to, Hey, what do we put our money in? And I, I'm yeah. always like, that's like the eighth question on the list. You're, you're, yeah. you're getting out of order here. You're putting the cart before the horse. Um, as you know, there are certain types of savings and investment vehicles that I have affinities for based on the stages that people are in, in their lives. Right. Um, based on my experience and how we use them. And I think some of those things are underutilized. And I don't want to say anything, Aaron, about, you know, what you may or may not. I don't want to divulge any of your private stuff. But, um, you know, what I would what I would say is, is that's why when I speak to groups, whether I've been invited in by a number of private companies to come and speak like for sort of HR programs they have on this topic or whether I go speak at a high school or something else. I try to focus on really three areas. And the first and primary thing is, the first thing is you sit down and develop a plan. You develop a strategy for whatever that is going to look like based on what your family's circumstances are. You just don't jump into throwing money at things. And I think that, you know, too often when you don't have a plan, and I would say the same thing about this too, by the way, if somebody came to me and wanted to start just doing a retirement planning strategy with me, I think it's too easy to say, well, start putting money in your 401k. Well, how much, how much can you afford to do? You know, what should be the the portfolio look like within there? There's a lot of questions that have to be asked. And I think that we've become as a society, just throw some money into something. And then we're going to turn around however many years later, and it's going to be where we want without any plan or strategy. And that's just not right. Right. Um, You'll find that people that do that, more often than not, do not reach their goals. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's good, right? Yeah. It's good to save and put money aside and to start doing those things. But if you do it without a strategy, you're gonna not going to be nearly as successful as somebody that goes into it with an absolute plan and goal and strategy to attain over a certain period of time. 
Yeah. So I don't know if that really answered your question, but um, no, it really did. And I, I think, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's perfect. Cause I think I didn't think about the fact that, you know, this is a little different in that um, there's probably some things that I always give people the, uh, the out uh, on other podcasts. Cause I've had a, a, a kid that plays for uh, Minnesota and I didn't want to ask a question that puts Minnesota in a violation or um, I've, I've had some sensitive topics and, and, uh, or actually the strength coach from Arkansas was on with me. And again, I, I don't want to put Arkansas. So if there's something that I've asked you that you say, Hey, that's, you know, that's not come visit the office. So I think that's really probably where we, what we need to say is for anybody listening to this, that's the best place to start, right? Just yeah. make Give an appointment, sit down and, and just, you know, start there, but start. That is the biggest thing that I think you said is start. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think, yeah. And, and for anybody listening, yeah, I, 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 I would, like you said, I don't want to get into the, the granular detail of it, but the bottom line was you were able to help us with, with some home financing and actually utilizing the value of our home, which I would have never, ever in a million years done, uh, which was a game changer for us. And again, like you said, everybody's story is different. We were in a place, you know, with our home that we could do that, but to give kind of a, an overall view, that's one of the things that we did that was a game changer. And it also sets us up for the future as well. So just something that there was no way I would have been able to do that. Right. And, and just to clarify there, without divulging any more personal stuff about your situation, I, of course, didn't do that financing. I'm not a bank and I can't give right, you a look, right. but I think in your particular instance, what we talked about was the important of importance of getting into a positive cash flow situation where you were able to set X amount of dollars aside so that you could get college mostly paid for from your earnings, basically. You know, and I know we didn't get all the way there and, and we don't do that with everybody. But when I, I think when, I, you know, and hopefully you're not offended if I say this, you can cut me off and you can delete and cut things out <laughs> too as well. But, um, you know, I think in your particular situation, when, when, we got to the bottom line of, hey, whatever we weren't going to have saved up, you were going to borrow, you know, and you were going to borrow it in ways that were very unfriendly to you. Right. Right. Then, then that's when the conversation turns to, hey, we got some equity in the house here. Can we turn this around without going and getting those expensive parent loans and some of those other things? And not to pat myself on the back, but I, I, think we came up with a fairly good strategy for you guys. So. A great plan. A great plan. And that's why I have you on. Uh, and I, I want people to hear this. I'm, Scott's not sliding me a check for this or anything like that. It's, it's, uh, this is true testimony. And again, I don't have a whole lot to hide uh, at the end of the day. I, I mean, we don't have to talk actual figures, but you know, I sure. think, so again, I want anybody listening to this to realize, Hey, you're not alone. If you're driving down the road or you're listening at your desk or wherever you're hearing this, uh, you're not alone. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't let your pride keep you from going and visiting and just sitting down and having a conversation just like you and I are right now, because the reality was my plan uh, was to cash in my 401k, I believe was, was one of those strategies. That was one of the things you said. Horrible. I said, let's not just, let's not leave to that one yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have left a lot of money on the table uh, or, or not, you know, for, for somebody else to take. I mean, there was just, that was a horrible plan. But again, I, you know, I, I want people to hear this because I have a feeling I'm probably not alone in that. It's, you don't really address it till it's too late. And now all of a sudden, well, now we're in a scramble mode and I got to get my kid into college and get things paid for. That was one of the, the few ideas I had, which is why we now lean very heavily on Scott. So when my refrigerator dies, I'm not freaking out. You know, it, I mean, we, we're laughing as we're doing this, but that's the truth. You know, I was as calm as could be yesterday. It's terrible, but uh, 
it is what it is. And we, we have a strategy and a plan now that I did not have the day we walked in your office. So um, having, having a plan is the biggest step. It's not, I mean, just carving any plan, obviously out of thin air doesn't fix everything. Right. But you, you know, you remember my quote, my famous quote from Robert Heinlein that I like, right. Mm -hmm. The most, um, <laughs> you know, we, we tend to get involved in trivia, right? Yeah. Like, the fact of the matter is, is that when we don't have a plan, then we come up with stupid things. Robert Heinlein said, in the absence of clearly defined goals, we become strangely loyal to performing daily acts of trivia. Mm -hmm. and, right. and so we can and we can trick ourselves into believing that if we just throw some money somewhere, well, hopefully it'll be enough when we get there. Yeah. It, it's not working, folks. Don't you know, I, I love Aaron. I, I love the <laughs> fact that you're you know, being humble right now and, and, and saying, you know, bringing up uh, not to worry about this stuff. There's three things. I always joke around, you know, when you're talking, you're in backyard barbecues, you've, all, you've always been told the two things you shouldn't talk about are <laughs> politics and religion, right? right. Um, yeah. Well, I can tell you in my business, I actually think it's three. It's <laughs> politics, religion, and how you're going to pay for your kid's college. It's the dirty little thing nobody really wants to talk about because yeah. statistics tell us 90% of people in this country that are sending their kids to college are borrowing part of the money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said you, and you've seen it. So you've done this for 15 years. How much have you seen the cost of college go up over those 15 years? It's gotta be astronomical. Yeah. I mean, the large wave of increase had actually pretty much taken place from the time I went to college in the late eighties. I graduated from college in 1992. I think you and I are the same age, right? Yep. Um, yep. So um, from about that window to about, I started doing this in about 2006 um, was when you saw the greatest wave. It keeps going up much greater than the rate of inflation. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the unintended consequences are that come out of this COVID stuff, because right. uh, I know I just saw an article, I think it might've been over the weekend that came out that uh, undergraduate enrollment was down over 20% this fall from last wow. year. Wow. Um, now, is that, is that a blip? Is that people just scared staying home and is, and then it'll go right back to where it was before then next year, if we get back to some kind of normalcy, or is this, a, is this a trend starter? Yeah. Um, Honestly, as much as I'm in the college game, and, and, and I really don't see myself as being an advocate for a college education. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think having an education is great mm -hmm. and that the vast majority of people are going to better their lives by having that education. But I don't believe that every person walking the planet has to have a college education to be successful. Right. And um, I think that needs to start being a bigger part of the discussion that we don't have to go the traditional four-year college route in face learning because there are many variations and hybrid sort of ways to get a degree to try to save some money. It's not worth bankrupting yourself and giving up your future and your retirement to do so. I think, I think that we have to start having much more honest conversations about the entire thing. Yeah. And, and as you were talking, I was thinking about that. You mentioned COVID and this, this might be a softball question or it could be a slider. I'm not sure. But, but um, what, if somebody's listening to this and thinking, well, you know, COVID's got everything messed up right now. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hold off on that planning. Again, you said just start, but, but 
if anything is so you could probably answer that question is 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 COVID probably even more of an immediate has it pushed more urgency towards planning in terms of college or do you think are you seeing people are saying ah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna back off the gas a little bit here I, I'm seeing both things I'm seeing some people who really haven't had their income impacted by much of this yet yeah economically, I think there are still some major economic consequences to all this coming that a large segment of the society has not felt yet, right. uh, you yep. know, in their personal income. Mm -hmm. And if, if there's that person that keep, has kept going on just as normal, but they're working from their computer, like we're, we're doing tonight from yeah. home, mm -hmm. it's given them more free time because they're able to get their work done. And now they want to come in and meet and they can do it in the middle of the day. They don't have to miss anything. And, yeah. you know, so I've got that segment. And then I've got people who have been impacted, who's literally seen their household, or excuse me, their household cash flow go down dramatically. And they, of course, can't save to the degree they want to, if at all right now. Right. And they've had to pump the brakes. Yeah. And, and that brings up a good point. So whenever you're developing a plan or a strategy, regardless of where your starting point is, built into that has to be the flexibility to adjust when circumstances adjust. Right. Right. And, and I often think that the traditional way of, of approaching, you know, saving and investing for college neglects that too. It just assumes, you know, they work backwards. Well, if I put this much in and make this much return and do it for 15 years, this is how much I have to save per paycheck. Yeah. Assuming nothing ever changes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and that, and, and quite frankly, that's almost never. Mm -hmm. Very few people find themselves to be in the exact same circumstances 15 years apart. Just think about what you were doing 15 years ago and what your income was and what your circumstances are. Right. Life, life changes and your plan be, better be able to adjust too. Yeah. And I think that's a, it's a phone call. I hope I never, ever, ever have to make, but you know, we, we both work, uh, Heather and I both work and you never know again. And again, it's not, I'm not saying anything about either one of our employers. We're in a COVID world now. And, and, you know, everybody's reacting. So that's not a phone call I would have to make, but, or want to have, want to make, but it is one that I would, I'm glad I have someone to call should that happen. Because again, I think we got to circle the wagons. We have a plan that's in place now, but, you know, best laid plans, right? So, right. Um, you know, your refrigerator dies, HVAC, lose a job, whatever it might be. I, I'm glad we have a partner and we can come in and sit down. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to do anything about it outside of saying, okay, here's where we're at. And this is probably some of the changes we're going to have to make. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one thing I don't think that, you know, like I, I, I mentioned this before when we were talking on a slightly different topic. Um, I think too often people in our industry and in the financial services industry, industry, financial advisors in particular, really are have assumed the role of strictly an investment manager too often. Yeah. And, and it's great. And I understand how the business works for myself too. Getting more assets under management will help me and provide for my retirement. But the problem is that really doesn't mean we're helping people get down and roll up our sleeves. And I'll tell you, one of the, even though I don't make as much money doing it, you know this firsthand. Sometimes rolling up your sleeves in a conference room with a whiteboard yep. and going through people's budgets and helping them figure out exactly how much they can save without going into a penny of debt and then helping set up a, a strategy how to make that accomplish might not make me any more money. Yeah. But it's the right thing to do, and it's what pe most people are really looking for. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have people in my business, 
that, you know, and for even friends of mine in the business would say, you're such a sap, you know, you're spending all your time on stuff that doesn't bring in as, as, as and I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I don't know. I'm yeah. at some point your job. I mean, I do good. <laughs> That's yeah. not great English, right? But <laughs> I fine. do good. Uh, you know, I'm, my wife and I are able to take care of our family and, and we, we live a very blessed life. We we're able to give and provide to our ministries that we support and the church that we go to. And um, we get to focus our energies on our kids. Um, at some point, I, I would, I guess I'd love to be a multi-million, you know, make tens of millions of dollars a year. Sure. But, but if at some point what I've got to give up is where I'm really needed in this world, it just doesn't make sense. At some yeah. Point. And again, I, I, I echo that um, because I think, you know, just here's an example. And again, maybe I'm being way too transparent here, but um, you know, and again, I'm not going to ask because that's just probably one of those questions that that probably shouldn't be asked. <laughs> that your lawyers would be like, "Hey, no, no." Um, I'll tell you if I can't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are in an election year, and I think the world—I think anybody listening to this knows that that there's a really good chance the world's going to burn in about three or four weeks, or at least we're going to see things we've never seen. I think is, is for those of us that are planners, not even just financially. Um, I have an IRA right now that has done very well the last few years. Um, not so much the eight years before that. So knowing that those factors are out there, uh, and I am getting to a point here that hopefully people will listen to. Um, All right. <laughs> I don't have the first clue who to call on that. I know, I know what bank hands it. I know, but, but so my point is those, that, that time that you invest in us, that time, the, the whiteboard time, the rolling up the sleeves time, the phone calls and emails afterwards, um, I've got a pretty significant savings out there that I don't have the first clue who to call and what to even talk to them about. And you and I could talk about that offline, but but um, my point is, you know, that investment's worth it for us as a family. Even if something as silly as my refrigerator, which I keep bringing up, um, it's an email and a call to you just to say, hey, this just happened. What's your best advice? Now I've got a pretty large amount out there that I don't even know who to call. You know what I mean? And that's scary. Um, so I think my whole point in that was not to let everybody know about my IRA. It was to let, let them know that that time and that investment that you take, I think is so critical. I want to have you on here. And I really hope people are, are hearing that if they're in that market or looking for the, that kind of, you know, a, a partnership, I guess you'd call it, um, or relationship with, with someone as they're navigating through this. It sounds like not just college, but also other financial, but, okay. but specifically college for us um, was, you know, that that's really what I hope people hear. So, um, and, and again, and you might want to mention this, what are the other services that you provide? It's not just sitting down and whiteboarding out your finances. There's a lot of other things you did for us with Austin. Yeah. Yeah. So um we offer all kinds of uh, uh, admission strategies that try to minimize the risk of going through this process the wrong way. We, uh, I partner with, with a company that provides admission services that include uh, admission application review, essay review. We do ACT and SAT prep work with some of our students. Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, one thing that I, I know we walked through and did a lot um, verbally as much as anything else, because a lot of times we do it in writing, is, is we also help um, our families appeal and negotiate the best deals at the colleges. You know, right. one thing that I try to make sure to beat into people is, please do not settle. This is going to be one place that I will go no matter the cost. I mean, talk about 
you know, think as a consumer as you go through this process. You have to leverage yourself. If the college knows they're the only game in town, lots of times, what's their incentive to give you more money? Right. Um, and we did that firsthand, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we right. had a little bit of a unique situation with Austin since he was playing baseball and you had to make some decisions earlier in the process because of coaches wanting a commitment as to where he was going to play and stuff. But right. I, I think we did a pretty good job, you know, working through that, going back and forth with a couple of different options. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, maybe you can even be a better testimony about this to, to the people that listen, you know, to unscripted, but I think one of the big pieces of free advice I can give people is do not be all about one college over all the others. You've got to have options. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, the very first, well, one of our initial meetings, I know you said, where, what's the dream school? And of course, anybody listening knows what mine is, uh, (laughs) which I don't know if Austin had a choice, but his also was the same one being university of North Carolina. And again, it was like, well, the chances are slim and none, but let's throw it up against the wall. And then there was probably, I don't know, I think we started with 20 different schools when he decided, okay, again, here's another thing that that you did that for us. I remember sitting in there in the office and you said, you got to go home and have a tough conversation with your son. And that is, do you want to play baseball? Because if not, and this was your specific quote, if not, this conversation changes. Because if you're looking at schools where he potentially could play baseball, or is there that fit that I've talked about on so many of these podcasts? And if not, then we got to shift gears and look at some other schools. Because if it's not about baseball, then it's going to be about some other things. And we did, we came home and had that conversation. And, you know, he said, yes, and the rest is history. But Again, that was another piece of advice for us as we got a lot of counsel when we went through recruiting from a lot of places. But that was one from you that was very strong was you got to ask your kid, does he want to (laughs) play? You know, and if he does, then he's got to do his part and you promise him that you'll do yours. So just great stuff. Um, I know we've we've gone way past the half hour. Are Are you still good? I'm still good as long as you want to go. I probably got at least another 15 minutes in me. Not that we want to take that whole window, but (laughs) if I I fall asleep, you know. (laughs) That's right. Well, no, I think, I think, and and I just really want to make sure everybody gets any links, phone numbers, um, anything that you want to get out there, because I have a feeling, and again, I'll put those in the blog post that where we share this, this um, audio and video as well. But uh, for anybody listening, where can they reach you? What's the best way to reach you? Um, just anything you want to tell them about about you guys. Yeah, you can go check us out on the web. Our website's www.collegefundingohio.com, all one long word. Um, our telephone number at our main office, which um, is 614-889-8043. We're located in Dublin. We're right off of France Road in the Millennium Complex. I've only been in two office locations in my entire financial career. I was over, did you, were, was I still over off of Salisbury when you guys first came? No. I was, was already over France. On, yep. in, on France. Yeah. I, I moved over to France in 2014, so I couldn't remember. That was probably right after. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've, been in one of two locations for that whole time, my entire financial career. Um, let's see, what else did you ask me? I got sidetracked there for a second. No, no, that's good. Yeah. Is that all the, the links and uh, any contact information, things like that? And that's the best place to start, right? Just make, maybe yeah. make a phone call or is there yeah, a if you want to shoot a, on there? Yeah. If you want to shoot us a uh, email, you can shoot us at info at collegefundingohio.com. Uh, my executive assistant monitors that all day, every day. So, yeah. 
Um, you know, if you got questions or if you'd like to set up a consultation, reach out to us. We'd love to meet you. Can't promise that we'll end up deciding to work together, but we'd love to figure out if we're a fit. So, yeah. Yeah, it's great. And then um, the last question I had while you just in reference to that, how big is the footprint? Um, you know, if, if somebody, because I don't know where this reaches. So how big of a footprint do you typically work with? You know, in this day and age, uh, it's pretty much Ohio at this point. Um, I'm actually licensed in a couple other states as well. But the way reciprocity and some different things go back and forth, like I've been licensed in Florida since before I even started my college business, just because I had so many people that would, you know, maybe some older clients and, you know, that lived half the year down there anyway. And they, I didn't want to lose them if they became permanent residents down there and that sort of thing. So there's a handful of other states that I'm licensed in as well. Um, for the most part, as we focus on the college stuff, we focus on Ohio. If somebody gets this, if you're, you know, becoming the star that you should be, Aaron, then, uh, I doubt it. you know, somebody is hearing this out in California right now, even if you reached out to me, if I didn't, you know, uh, couldn't work with you initially, I could point you to somebody in our business in, in your area that I could, but I've got clients in several different other states because, and, and the world's learned this this year too, right? Hey, guess what? You don't have to do face-to-faces very much anymore. Right. Absolutely. But I was I, thinking that. I was yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we expanded now because of that. Um, yeah. I, I don't have any immediate next month decisions to do that or anything, but I, yeah. I think the world has 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 had its eyes open to the fact, hey, we can do most of this virtually now. Yeah. We can do electronic signatures. We can do UPS packages when documents need signed and that sort of thing. But with scan, email, and video now, what, what you, you know? Yep. Who says I can't talk to somebody in Japan? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot virtually even before COVID with, with, you know, some of the things that we did moving around some things, a lot of that stuff, I don't, and I never even met some of the people. It was just emails and signing yeah. and, and those kind of things. So, uh, well, I appreciate your time. I hope everybody's heard um, certainly a ton of respect for what you do, um, how you've helped us and, and how you're helping others as well. Um, I will get this, this, uh, this posted and, and up and I, I hope people call. I hope if nothing else, they just come in and sit down with you and I had, it was a humbling for me, you know, again, I think it was a pride issue um, at the, I just, you know, I don't like to admit sometimes you need some help, you know, I think, and this isn't, it's not, an easy, not a bootstraps thing. I mean, it's if not. there's, if there's a process that, that you can go through that can make you feel kind of naked and, you know, if you have not saved up what you need to, I'm certainly in one of those areas. And, and, and I hope that your, your experience and anybody else's would be, that it would it would you would feel that I'm sensitive to that and yeah. but but sometimes hard questions have to be asked right. and um you know I, I appreciate you and Heather and mm -hmm. and the relationship that we've developed I appreciate you having me on here tonight it's been my pleasure to get to spend some time with you and absolutely to see your shiny head you know <laughs> and see that it's still shinier than mine you know even though we're the same age I just wanted to get that in thank you <laughs> well there's a reason I don't use the overhead light and I use the the front facing is because there's there's a lot of shine going on up top and it, it messes with the whole flow so yeah. and my tools aren't that great here so <laughs> buddy buddy of mine I went to college with we uh had sort of receding hairline right here where I do when we were in college yeah. and he, he used to joke around and and uh 
we used to talk about they were the power alleys it's not so funny anymore <laughs> not so much no no not at all but luckily andre agassi and bruce willis and guys like that really set the set the way for a lot of the rest of us so it made That's it cool right. i guess so well scott i met I, uh, I just i'm so thankful for your time and and i hope uh, everybody's you know learned a lot tonight i know i continue to learn every time we talk and and uh I don't mean this in any bad way, but I hope we don't talk a whole lot, <laughs> at least not about um, things that break or, or needs that we currently might have or, or may in the future have. But uh, always appreciate how quickly you respond. Uh, appreciate that you, you know, you truly do care about what we're doing and how we're doing it. And, um, you know, honestly, I sleep well at night knowing that 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 boxes checked where a lot of years I did not do that so and and I would be remiss if I didn't shout out Heather again and her persistence and her uh, seeing in the head enough far enough uh, and I'm glad that, that you all met and, and brought us in so thank you so much and uh, hope hopefully everybody my got pleasure. a lot out of this tonight so my pleasure I enjoyed it a great deal tell Heather I said hello we'll do we'll see you soon all right well all hopefully right. not too soon <laughs> take care <laughs> I get it all right <laughs>